2: final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe.
1: Jazz Postgame. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe, Jazz Fault, Lakers, 128-117, to 117, and their season comes to a close. Great game tonight for Chris Dunn, and I, I'm glad he finished off with a great one, Coach, because he's one of the the good stories of this jazz team. And there's a bunch of good stories, and he's one of them. 26 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 11 of 18 shooting, 2 of 3 from 3 tonight. Kelly Olenek with 23 points. Uh, Simone Fontecchio with 20 and 9 rebounds coming in off the bench. But uh, how about Chris Dunn? Uh, what a season for that guy. Signing, uh, signing basically off the couch for the jazz and uh, ends up being, man, maybe their best point guard on the roster to close the season? And, you know, I, I think he's been through
3: a, a similar thing where he's kind of found a new way to play uh, using his body and his physicality more. Uh, heard he was been, he's been watching video of former players, past players, and really identifies with Andre Miller, um, you know, a big guard who really dictated to his defender and everybody else where the ball was going to go. And I, I really like the way that Chris has come in And uh, in 21 games with the team, just he's really acclimated and you can see, definitely see a path going forward for him here.
1: Uh, Just keeping an eye on scores and we'll get to Coach Hardy uh, here coming up momentarily, we hope. Um, But uh, with three minutes to go, the Timberwolves lead the Pelicans 105 to 102. Again, if you're just joining us, Rudy Gobert was sent home. In the first half, after uh, punching Kyle Anderson, a teammate, kind of got him in the shoulder, I guess, but definitely a uh, a punch. Ugh, and I wonder if he'll be available for the uh, Timberwolves' play-in game. I have no idea. But the T-Wolves do have a three-point lead, and then the Clippers lead the Suns one fifteen uh, to one eleven. The Warriors already won handily earlier, uh, one fifty-seven to one hundred one. So it looks like uh, the Lakers likely gonna finish in the seventh spot. But we'll have home court advantage in their playing game.
3: And for those that didn't see it, uh, Gobert and Kyle Anderson, it was in a timeout. Uh, the previous defensive play, there was a play where Anderson kind of got beat off the bounce. Rudy was there to help. But it looked like to me that the defender kind of quick layup. You know, they, he went off the opposite foot and, and just got Rudy out of rhythm. And Anderson seemed to be a little peeved that, Rudy didn't go up and and p- make a play on the on the ball. So happened in a timeout but what's interesting it was right over the top of coach Finch's head. Is Finch's head. So I think in that case there should be a dysfunctional technical
1: on the team that threw the punch at their own teammate and the other team should get two free throws. You know what? I I said this uh well we were talking about this the other night that I am cheering for Rudy. I'm cheering for it to work with the Timberwolves but uh I guess even I at this point I've got to admit that that's uh, bordering on disaster.
3: Well, in our conversation here, you said it best. You can't trade him. And I said, but you can't hate him. And unfortunately, I think the problem is he's opening that door with something like this. And, it, you know, we know that Rudy is great. He's a great competitor, but he's got this little thing. When he gets backed into a corner, um, you know, he, he acts out of character a little bit.
1: Well, got to be a got to be more of a pro than that. Yes, and uh, I don't want to, you know, I thought Rudy was a, was pretty professional in his time here. And, and, but you can't be, you can't be doing that. Not when, you know, the season's on the line and I'm sure he's extremely frustrated, but uh, cannot do that. No,
3: that's going to be a tough one. So we'll see how it plays out, but um, certainly seen disagreements. That one was a full on punch.
1: Well, I think they've got to suspend him too. I agree. I would guess. Which makes it hard. And so, I don't know if the T-Wolves honestly they were down 10 when that happened and now looks like they may hold on to win. So, I don't know, maybe they're better without Rudy. Right now they're they're up 105-104 with a minute and a half to go. So, coming right down to it. Just
3: missed a free throw. His first of two.
1: And the Clippers are up on the Suns 119 to 114 only 20 seconds to go there, so it looks like the Clippers are going to win that one. And uh that would mean that the clippers are going to finish in the sixth spot, Golden State in the five actually, no it would be would it be the other way around. We'll have to see
3: yeah you i my head's so twisted on this today. It's like trying to read a putt at augusta.
1: It is i'm trying we'll have to look up and see how it's the tiebreaker between the clippers and the warriors. I believe it's the clippers, so if the clippers win, that would put them in the five spot and then Golden State in the six the Lakers in the 7, and then the Pelicans and uh, T-Wolves are playing for the 8-9.
3: Clippers and Warriors, you said the tiebreaker goes to the Clippers.
1: So the Clippers actually should lose this game. They knew what was good for them, but doesn't look like they're going to. Interesting. Man, the West is nuts. I think it's, you know what, it's honestly going to make for a pretty intriguing playoff, I think. I agree, and, and even though the Jazz aren't going
3: to be in it, I think I'm going to tune in because the West, as you said, has always been that team and there's a lot of parts of teams that are really good. And then there's parts of teams that need to get better. So the Western playoffs particularly are going to be fascinating.
1: Yeah. I think it's almost anybody's ball game. I mean, I have a couple of of teams that are my favorites. Probably I think golden state's intriguing. You and I are both high on Memphis. um, If they kind of keep it together, so to speak. But, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if really any team made a run because the opposition isn't going to be what we're used to.
3: That's correct. Yeah. So that I love the, like when there's a shift, right? There's a shift in the league right now, and the East is actually taking the power. And so it's interesting. It'll be the playoffs in the West. It's going to be who? how are these matchups? This is going to be the first test is how are these matchups going to fall? Uh, and then I think you can see a lot of things going from there.
1: Uh, For the Lakers uh, this afternoon, by the way, just to uh, get things back onto this game for a moment. uh, They got 36 tonight from LeBron James. 36, 6, and 6 from LeBron. 17 points from D'Angelo Russell. Anthony Davis had 16 points, 13 rebounds, 4 block shots. How about Vando? Vanderbilt had uh, 12 tonight tonight. Austin Reeves who's been very good for the Lakers had 12 Ruri Hashimura coming in off the bench with 12 and Malik Beasley the former Jazz man had 13 what do you think i, I mean the Lakers in the play, uh, play in they'll play the winner of the uh, of this uh, Pelicans Timberwolves game i believe let me again let me make sure I'm, i've got this uh, yeah they'll play that uh, in the play in how do you what do you think about the Lakers and their chances maybe of making a run from the, the bottom of the bracket
3: way better now than you know early in the year I was just thinking of the talent that's kind of made it their way um just watching them today Russell and and Hashimura. um you know I I think Austin Reeves has really benefited from the year and you and I were talking about how good he is um you know I think with LeBron I think they're I think they are better than uh certainly that than Minnesota right now with all the things they have going on but the New Orleans if it were to be New Orleans that'll intrigue me um I think that that's going to be an interesting one for sure. It, it, I just think the the matchup would be really interesting. Well, you uh, you like the Pelicans? I do. I like them more than than most, uh, and uh, for the same reason. Like I know they're getting beat today; they had a big lead. But I just like Ingram, and he's back and healthy. He had forty two tonight.
1: Wow! By the way, the Clippers did win. It is a final. They beat the Suns one nineteen to one fourteen, and uh, so that means that the Clippers are going to be in the five spot it looks like golden state's going to be in the sixth spot and then we'll see what happens uh, here with the pelicans and the timberwolves the timberwolves lead 109-104 with 45 seconds left to go in the fourth quarter man if they were down big rudy punches a teammate gets sent home and the timberwolves come back to win i mean but you could almost drama town it. i mean we talked about yeah. it at halftime you
3: could almost script it and that's the unfortunate part is it's these little moments you know like the covid moment Those things stand out. And, you know, for the most of the time, it's no big deal. But there's little things that pop up here and there with Rudy. Um, And this one, karma,
1: unfortunately. He's just, you know what? Rudy's got a unique personality. He does. And I, I use unique because I think at times it can be to his benefit and at times it can be to his detriment. And I don't think it's a controversial take to come out and say, like, when he came back from injury last year, firing away at his teammates about uh, how they, how bad they play on defense. You know, even – and I used to argue with somebody about this. I mean, even if you're right, it doesn't mean that you should say it, you know, and it's just not not what I'd advise. Let's get back to L.A. and hear from Coach Hardy.
4: For the most part tonight, and overall, we ended up doing that. They had 50 points in the paint, but, you know, the first half, we let them get out and transition too much. Um, and then – you know LeBron James stepped up. He made eight threes. He took fourteen of them, which, on paper, seems good. Um, to try to keep him off the rim, but credit to him, he's a hell of a player and played in a lot of big games. And he delivered for them tonight. So, um, hats off to the Lakers. They had a, a phenomenal end of the year to to get themselves back in a groove, and um, you know they they really stepped up tonight. But proud of the guys on our team for for competing second night of a back-to-back but you know again that stuff doesn't matter I thought we pushed through and um, had a lot of good looks didn't seem to be able to get it going from the three-point line on some shots that I think you know watching them before they hit the rim I would have said yeah these are all good shots for our team and they just didn't go in tonight so um, yeah proud of the team Yeah, is obviously a big focal point for us, so, um, you know, he decided to wait until the 82nd game to get a bad boy image. Um, He's like the nicest kid on the team, besides Walker, (laughs) and he gets thrown out in the last game of the year, so, you know, just add it to the list of wacky things that have happened with this team this season. If you had told me tonight that Ochai was going to get kicked out, I would have said there's no chance in hell that that would happen, but... You know, we're nothing if not exciting. What have, you, um, what, what have you
3: seen, you know, not just in this kind of just down the stretch, but you know, just kind of in the midst of this game, kind
2: of, you know, kind of against all
4: of it? Yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about just let us play the games. Everybody has a preconceived notion about, I, mean, I understand that, pe- you know, it's people's jobs to have opinions, and I, I understand all that, but... You know, we've talked a lot with the team this year about don't let anybody tell you who you are. And no matter what anybody says is supposed to happen, you still got to go play 48 minutes. And I think our team has embodied that this year. We've just gone out and played our hearts out every single night, regardless of who's in or who's out. So um, it's fun. It's fun as a coach when you get to go into every game knowing that no matter what's going to happen in the game, in terms of making shots, or turnovers, or fouls, um, you know that your team is not going to lose for a lack of effort, and I think that gives you a lot of peace of mind as a coach going into a game, knowing that that's going to be there every game. You, was there any point during the season where
5: you thought? I'm not. I'm not sure that. Like, we cut out for this, or were you, or, or like, was there any season? Maybe not.
4: Yeah. Um you know what happens at least once a day? Um you know, I've talked publicly about the having a little bit of imposter syndrome at, at points during the year. But I think as a coach, you always go back and second guess yourself on oh, I wish I'd done this or I wish I'd done that. That's kind of the nature of the job. Um, I think it's a way that you can learn, try to prepare yourself for the future, but um, yeah, I think I think it's really healthy to to doubt yourself a little bit. You know, the scariest people to me are the ones that just walk around like they know everything all the time. Um, you know, like they're like some dictator. Like it's just very scary uh, when people are so sure of themselves every day. Because I do wake up every day with some shade of doubt, um, but I think that keeps me. It keeps me thinking. It keeps me trying to learn. It keeps me on my toes, so to speak, um, that I'm trying to look at every situation and figure out what's best. You know, understanding that I'm not always going to make the right decision. Um, you're trying to, you know, make decisions with a certain amount of information. You just take the information that you have and try to make the best possible choice. Um, and then, regardless of the result, you got to go back and evaluate. Like, did I make the right choice? Based on the information that I had, I think basketball sports in particular, you can you can always second guess things after the fact because you know the result. Um, so yeah, I think there, there's always moments of doubt, but I think that's what that's what excites me. Like that's what keeps me keeps me kind of churning every day. What do you say to the guys after the game? Oh, I just I told them that. I love them and I'm proud of them. And I think, um, you know, they were amazing with me and the staff this year. You know, they had a first time head coach and they just rolled with everything. Um, they, again, like I said, pregame, they let us try things. They let us change things up from time to time. And, um, you know, they, they were very flexible in their thinking all year, which is something that we tried to stress, um, and then I told him that, you know, you have a vision when you get the job or before you get the job about how you want to do it and what you want it to look like and feel like. And, again, you're not totally sure that that's going to work. Um, but I learned this year that that you can be competitive, care about winning, compete every day, dig in, and enjoy it like you can do those things at the same time. Um, You know, I've, I've watched over the last like five years.
1: All right, there you go. Jazz head coach, Will Hardy and his uh, final post-game media availability. The jazz fall to Lakers 128 to 117. And with that, For the final time this season, we will say goodnight to our network stations. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll continue to get Coach Lacombe's thoughts and sound from Los Angeles. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball.
0: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night.
1: Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do.
0: When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything.
4: It was violent. It was
0: senseless. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at Letterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Running up, blocked in. The final box
2: score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim LaCombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Oh my
1: Jazz post game, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. The Jazz season comes to a close. They lost to the Lakers today 128 to 117. Coach and uh, the Jazz finished the season thirty-seven and forty-five, which uh, though they did not make the playoffs, I think that uh, you know winning thirty-seven games certainly more than I predicted that they would get.
3: Yeah, and and Vegas had them at twenty-four, so shattered that. That's thirteen. That's that's a big old number. And I think it was you know everything we've talked about tonight. I think it was if you can start a team if you have one constant and that's you're going to play really hard, and then your second. Probably the quality that I would characterize with this team is that they're unselfish. So I think those two things are going to go a long way. Uh, You're going to win a lot of games on nights. You probably shouldn't because the other team maybe isn't as um, hard playing or unselfish. So you kind of win maybe some of those games you shouldn't, but overall, just again, I don't want to like put way too much sugar on it, but it was a, a surprising year. And the main reason was because of those two qualities.
1: And you know what? Coming into this year, I, I would have told you I'm not so sure how many players are actually going to be on the team going forward, and this year was kind of a, a tryout in a sense for uh, for a lot of guys. i got to tell you, there's a lot of players that really made a case um, to be a possible long-term fit for this Jazz team. And, and let's start with the star of tonight's game for the Jazz, Chris Dunn. 26 points, 10 boards, 8 assists, has done nothing but play out of his mind since the Jazz signed him. Uh, he was in the G League all year, and all of a sudden he's just uh, been absolutely terrific. I mean, I'd be surprised at this point if he's not on the Jazz roster. We uh, we talked about multiple great Taylen Horton-Tucker games. Uh, you know, Ochai Obaji, I, I think a lot of people thought, you know, he'd potentially be a, a long-term fit just based on he was a first-round draft pick and he's a rookie. Well, I don't think there's hardly a doubt. He's going to be a rotational player for the jazz going forward. Of course, we already talked about Walker Kessler. I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty remarkable how well a lot of guys did with the opportunity they got.
3: Yeah. And really the front office being able to identify the guys that they felt like would really thrive in the system. There's something to be said for that too. And to that point, you know, the Vernon Carey thing, uh, another guy who's pretty well, really well thought of coming out of college from Duke Um And his pro career to this point has not gone exactly the way he hoped, uh, but can really shoot it. And the G League this year shot 61, 62 percent and is a a big, big body that can do that. So uh, it's no accident that talent keeps kind of showing up around here. There's a lot of people out there doing work to find it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that, uh, you know. Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge, are, are there's going to be a lot of pressure on those two guys, but, you know, you look at their track record, they're pretty darn good at it. So, you know, I'm fascinated to see where the Jazz offseason goes and what moves are made, certainly what they do in the draft. Um, we'll keep an eye, obviously, on where uh, the Jazz pop up in the lottery, but they certainly have the assets to to make moves if they want to make moves. Do they try to add more veterans? Uh, do they bring back a lot of this year's squad and try to, you know, bank on some internal improvement before pushing it all in down the str- uh, down the road? I mean, they've got they've got nothing but options. This offseason is going to be extremely fun.
3: Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's, that fun begins with the the lottery, the, uh, the draft lottery on the sixteenth of May, I believe. That sounds right. And uh, I saw that earlier today. And who did the Jazz send back there? I haven't gotten a call yet. Jamil, no. Jamil. It's Jamil. We were saying
1: Jamil would be lucky. You
3: only surmise it would be Jamil. Yeah. We'll see, though. Not kay? locked, though. So even that, like, who's going to be there and how does that whole thing go? Really exciting. Maybe Mike Smith. Send Mike on back there, huh? He could do cinema. He could actually Smitty Cinema spin off a couple of, uh, cinema to a couple of execs back there in New York.
1: Want to check out the Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game? Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app uh tonight at line coach the jazz how about this only took six foul shots five of six at the line olenic was two of two chris dunn was two of two shamanich was one of one and Doke was zero for one how about that of course the lakers took over 20 16 of 21 the lakers were from the line lebron himself only went two times actually this is this is kind of funny for a team that took 21 foul shots the most uh, foul shots uh, uh, attempted by anyone on the team was Beasley, two for four. Everybody else had two or three foul shots. That's, that's crazy, actually. That is crazy. Uh, all right, let's get back to L.A. Time to hear from Kelly Olenek.
2: see a little bit of a roller coaster, but it was, it was a good time. It was fun. Um, you know, we saw a lot of potential in, in our group, um, you know, a lot to build on, build towards. Um, so it's definitely looking forward and promising um obviously at the beginning we we came out the gates you know sprinting you know it was it was awesome and then you know kind of shaped into what we are are today and you know we got a great group of guys who like playing like playing together um young talented energetic um you know not only players but the coaches as well um so we're looking forward to you know a great summer and coming back and getting back after it
1: All right, there you go, Kelly Olenek. Uh Kelly Olenek finished uh, tonight with 23 points, five boards, four assists, nine of 13, uh, shooting three of four from three. And I think uh, Kelly Olenek, he's played great this year. He's had a good season, uh, Coach. But I think he's been a, a good veteran for this team. Uh, he's been a, a guy with a lot of experience and is certainly going to set a tone as one of the kind of the upper upperclassmen. I know his uh, trade was a little bit controversial with uh, Bogdanovich, but, man, he's been a great fit.
3: Yeah, loves to win, always been a winner, um, and can do all the things you need. He's, a, he's tough enough to guard um, you know, a guy adequately. He can rebound his position, uh, but the, it's really his ability to pass and shoot and his intellect as a player that puts him over the top. I think that really helped the Jazz this year, and his addition probably is a big Part of why the Jazz were able to over exceed uh, what they thought.
1: All right, the Jazz lost this afternoon to the Lakers 128 to 117. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. We'll have more for you coming up straight ahead. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball.
2: Wow, the outcome is in the books. Let's get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott.
1: Jazz Postgame. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com uh real quick uh we're going to do most of our our thank yous uh coming up in the final segment as we thank everybody for the uh the the great season but we do want to give a quick shout out to uh, a new listener this year I want to say thank you to Dylan uh who is uh, a diehard uh fan or I guess listener I should say of the broadcast uh supporting our good friend and uh, executive producer, Jamil. Uh, we're shouting out to Dylan. You want to give a little backstory on Dylan real quick? Yeah, so Dylan is a friend from uh,
3: home. He's 17, um, listens to every broadcast, and, you know,
4: a uh, big supporter of me. So I wanted to give him a shout out because he, I mean, he listens to the whole entire thing. I mean, like, awesome. from the beginning of
3: pregame to the end of post, after we do everything to wrap up, Listening to every detail, so
1: Jamil, we got to get him out here for a visit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. man, have him come out and see uh, see this whole shabby operation for himself. <laughs> yeah, the fan alone should <laughs> scare him away. Uh, I was just so shout out to Dylan. That, thanks, thanks for listening, Dylan. We appreciate I, it.
3: I was just going to say, Dylan, thanks for listening. You're probably smarter having listened to us. Um,
1: Extremely smarter. At least
3: some would say, you and
1: I at you least. And I, yeah, yeah, we right. would say that. Uh, but shout DeMille, out to. Uh, no. Awesome. <laughs> shout out to dylan uh the jazz comes season comes to a close 128 to 117 they lose uh to the los angeles lakers but uh went out fighting coach Lacombe like we were talking about uh, reacting coach hardy you wouldn't expect anything else from this team
3: no it, it's such a great thing to be able to to plan on and hang your hat on and this team has so um for those that you know i know there are a bunch that think yeah they should have lost more games and but I, I do believe there'll be value from this. You don't get the direct or instant gratification, but down the road, um, what this team did together will definitely pay dividends with the guys who are the core members going forward.
1: Oh, I think even the ones maybe that move on for one reason or another, I think most everybody got better this year. I mean, put had moments, put stuff on tape. I mean, Jazz... It seemed like Coach Hardy did a really nice job with his players, given a lot of different opportunities, not being overly cautious, letting players go out and play, and it seemed like everybody got better.
3: I liked that he said in the pregame that <clears throat> they started with, with two rules, uh, be on time and no jewelry, and that Clarkson showed up day one with diamond teeth. So they said, we got rid of the jewelry thing. So really the only rule they had all year was don't be late. Um and you know if guys were late or they ran into that there was a fine but Coach Rose was always so wise in that regard I knew young coaches love to put 75 rules and that was kind of the the kind of coach I had you know can't do this can't do this can't do this don't drink carbonation you know all this different stuff but Coach Hardy is just like hey my guys are guys I'm gonna trust them um, give them one easy rule and a, and a rule that's really important be on time which is now understand why he was so frustrated when media people would walk in.
1: Oh, that might've been my favorite part of this year is listening to coach Hardy bark at uh, media folks that wandered in late. Great. Or left early. Oh, okay. You you can go now, I guess. I got to tell you coach Hardy's post games. So different from coach Snyder's and not that, uh, not that Quinn Snyder wasn't uh, a good interview by any means, but coach Hardy, transparent, funny, um, not afraid to to criticize when it's due, but not in an aggressive way, you know. Meaning he's not going to come out and patty cake his team after every game, but he does. He's not mean, you know, and not. If you were a player like a, he criticized Walker Kessler, um, in in some post games, and he admittedly said he's probably too hard on Walker, but he expects a lot out of him, he sees the potential and all that stuff. Even those comments came. Even Walker Kessler listening to him probably has to go. Well, yeah, coach is probably right on that. I mean, he just. I, I've enjoyed listening to his press conferences this year, and it seems like Coach Hardy's got a pretty good head on his shoulders.
3: I love how he deflects attention, positive attention. I love how he's easy to or quick to make fun of himself. Um, you know, made a joke tonight about having a buddy in the stands that got taken away for a verbal interaction, or so they with him. Uh, but ultimately, it, it's a really, really small thing. But I, it stands out to me with coaches that do it. When he talks about the team, he doesn't say my team or my guys. He says our team and our coaches and you know, throws himself at the level. I think there's always something to be said for somebody that does that. I think you need to look close because I think that will, more often than not, that will get you a better result. And it seems like his players respond to him really well. He still jumps them, you know, still get got really mad tonight in transition. Uh, at Luca and Doke, and met him I met the other night. I saw more of that than I typically see because we're getting pullaways up in the studio, but you know a couple of times meeting guys coming off the floor with something to say, so it's not like all roses and candy um but I think that shows the transparency and the respect is really, really true
1: i've discovered- or I've heard a lot of players over the years say they really appreciate honesty from coaches and i I'd imagine that you know, if you're honest with players and the way you deliver it, if it's respectful and you can, you don't, you know, uh, you, you use the relationship, you don't take advantage of the relationship with your players, if that makes any sense. Like it seems like Will Hardy does, um, you know, you could do it the right way. Feels like he's not soft by any means. I think a lot of times we hear the, the term players coach and you think you, you, coddling players. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think you can be a players coach and simply by establishing relationships and uh and being able to communicate within those relationships at least that's the, me from the cheap seats coach no,
3: i i totally agree i think it's easy to get in what i would call maybe a paragraph relationship where you get to know a guy well enough to know where he li where he's from uh you know what his family situation like and maybe if he's involved with anybody you know socially off the floor uh that's kind of the paragraph. But I think, to me, you know, Will stays after and shoots with these guys and talks to them and knows what they want to want to, out of their careers and then tries the best he can with the system in place to not put boxes around them and let them flourish.
1: Knowing you so well, Coach, I bet you had a lot of relationships like that with players where you could get after them a little bit, and they say, well, Coach Lacombe's got my back. You can get after me a little bit.
3: I, I try to. I mean, not always, but I, I – I definitely tried to put skin in the game so that it wasn't just barking. And there was some barking.
1: I can't see you barking. Oh yeah, you see reason. my
3: personality enough on a bad day. Oh, well,
1: I mean, maybe when you're a little grumpy yeah, I can see you bark a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I bark. But not, you know. Not but then bad. I come
3: back around quick to make sure I didn't offend too much. Yeah. And I'm the I'm the over apologizer
1: when I lose my cool. <laughs> but I thought the I thought the whole Jazz coaching staff did a did a terrific job and you know, Coach Hardy put together a staff with some old faces and some new faces, and it seemed like, you know, listening to those assistant coaches at halftime all year. I mean, it seems like the Jazz have a lot going for them.
3: Yeah, they're almost in every everything you look at: talent, um, assets, uh, the ability to really grow the guys you have in the program from where they are right now. Everything okay. just seems to be, and then the the season that we love the the off season i get into that big time so again it all starts you know about a month from now with the lottery and then the next phase you kind of know but I, you know everybody jazz aren't going to fans aren't going to have the playoffs to watch so start digging into the top 10 guys that should be a fun little project jazz have
1: three first round picks honestly not to get too deep into this but i'd be shocked if they made all three we're doing the draft again. I hope. I hope so too. It's always one of my favorite
3: it. shows. We have a blast with that. We had Ben, which was so cool last time. That ben really and fun. DJ. And DJ, yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: DJ stuck around. We had a good show, but this year should be all fireworks. Yes, they got. We, they we're have not lots of picks. hands this year, no. my friend. They're going to be making moves. We'll see how that lottery comes out. All right, uh, real quick, let's uh, let's be productive this segment, shall we, Coach? Let's take a look at the three-point feature brought to you by Pura, the possibility of scent. Uh, the Jazz from three, let's see here, were uh, 10 of 35, just 28.6%, uh, led by Fontecchio, who was 4 of 11. Chris Dunn was 2 of 3. Kelly Olynyk, 3 of 4. Um, after seeing the Jazz really... You know, live and die by the three for the last several years. Uh, The the three was important, especially at the beginning of the year. But it seemed like it was less so as this jazz team kind of found an identity. Is that is that fair?
3: Yeah, totally fair. Um, Definitely more downhill, I think, than than later in the season. But you play to your strengths, and uh, the one thing for sure that they benefited from all year long was the extra spacing with a with a more uh, skilled big you know, a guy that could step out and demand a little bit of respect on the perimeter. Um, guys really benefited from that this year.
1: Absolutely. And of course, when you make trades in the middle of the year where you send off Malik Beasley and, you know, that's, that's going to have a pretty big impact on on how you shoot the three because those guys are really good at it. And, you know, I, I, I think it's pretty amazing the way the jazz kept fighting, kept winning after the trade deadline. Um, you know, kept playing these good teams close. Beat Boston, for crying out loud. I mean, it's that's a credit to everybody involved.
3: And it's ironic because, you know, I'm not a movie dude, as we've talked about a bunch. But it, the season, in some ways, it, you know, reminds me of the uh, the soldier in the... What's the movie? Uh, uh, it's just a flesh wound. Oh, in Monty Python? Monty Python, you know, the... the the Jazz, as we were, an organization had both arms, both legs, and were ready to fight. Um, but what kept happening to, in the Monty Python that night just lost every piece. But at the end of the day, he never lost his fight. And I think that that says a ton about this team. It, it lost pieces. you know, New pieces were added. And at the end of the day, it, down to today. That team fought with everything they had, regardless of the pieces. And they did fight today. Yeah, they did. And they had the lead late.
1: They gave LeBron all he could (laughs) handle. LeBron, again, had that. What did LeBron have, 36 tonight? Made eight threes. I mean, he had to have a big game. And he had to play it out. LeBron played 33 minutes tonight. Anthony Davis, 34. They got a play-in to worry about. They didn't want to play those guys that many minutes. I mean, it's...
3: they, They competed so hard that he had to hit a shot late and then throw the crown on his head. Not once. But twice, so everybody could see that the king saved the day.
1: I don't think our listeners could hear my eyes rolling (laughs) when you were mentioning that. It was just—I don't like the (coughs) move. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. You can't celebrate when you just locked up a play-in, having to struggle to beat the Jazz, who didn't play most of their team. It oh well. Just didn't seem tomato, right. Tomato, tomato. Uh, Jazz fall one twenty eight to one seventeen to the Lakers. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Uh, every uh, Subaru owners are diverse and uh, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. My We wrap up the season next. You're listening to Utah Jazz basketball. Ronnie Hook
2: blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller, Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Dunn resets the Jazz. 10 on the shot clock. Point Olenek has it left side. Step back three for Kelly, because I am Steph Curry! I might look like I'm a surfer out of the beach in redondo, but I am Steph Curry. 115-113 Jazz within two.
1: Well, not to disagree with you, David, but no, I think that's Kelly Olenek.
2: The
3: clinic! <laughs>
1: <laughs> its our guy, David Locke, and your play of the game, the final play of the game of the season, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealership's for service sales and selection, LHM Auto.com driven by you. Jazz Fall to the Lakers, one twenty eight to one seventeen. game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com Subaru.com. Kelly Olenek tonight. Uh finished the game coach with twenty three points on nine of thirteen shooting, three of four from three, five boards, four assists. You heard uh Locke calling point olinick you know, that might have been uh, what I learned about Kelly, is that he does have a little bit of the playmaker thing going. I don't know how much he'll of that role he'll play going forward on a team that, that maybe is a little bit more healthy and has their guys, but he showed a knack for it. Yeah,
3: his, you know, I got to see him way too much. Um, I told the story a bunch, but when he was redshirting at Gonzaga, uh, the... Boston Celtics, uh, Austin Ainge came out to see him, uh, came out to see Zags play in Provo. And I asked him, who's the best player on the Zags? Who's the best NBA prospect? And he said, the dude in the sweater. And I knew we had it coming because he wasn't even playing yet. Um, and he, he ended up being one of the greats because of that. He he sees things before they happen. Uh, it was almost not fair at the college level, as you can imagine. But he, he's ahead of his time. He's almost like a veteran in he was always like a veteran even in college. So does all the little things, and he's, he's been fun to watch this year.
1: The Jazz were led today by uh, Chris Dunn, who had a double-double, 26 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists for Chris, 11 of 18 shooting, 2 of 3 from 3, and really did a great job um, this season with the Jazz during his stretch of putting a lot on tape that he can shoot. That was his kind of knock. He was obviously a high draft pick. Got some opportunities, but because he struggled shooting the ball, ended up having to rehab in the in the g league a little bit but man, he shot great for the jazz, ten percentage points higher than his career average in field goals and threes
3: and I like that he's instead of just kind of going out and doing the same thing um did a bunch of study and realized hey, I can use my strength um I can be one of those guys that gets into the mid range and finishes shots um and that also softens defenses if you can do it so been so impressed with him, like you said, off the couch in, in and in some respects, wasn't even in the league, and in a short period of time, has thrown his name in the hat as somebody who can be uh, a part of this thing going forward. So, congrats to him and, and also to the front office for for seeing there could be a fit here and letting it happen.
1: Simone Fontecchio had uh, twenty points on eight of eighteen shooting. Doke with uh, twelve on six of six shooting. Doke also grabbed uh, six rebounds for the Lakers. 36 uh, for LeBron on 13 of 25 shooting, 16 and 13 for Anthony Davis. He had four blocks, 17 for D'Angelo Russell, five assists. All right, we know uh, the Lakers are going to face the Timberwolves in the play-in scenario. Um, If they win that, they'll likely or they will play the Grizzlies. So let's assume for a moment that that's the route that uh, the Lakers get. What are your thoughts on them and their possibility of making a run? I think the Grizzlies beat them in round one.
3: If they make it, yeah, I think they will make it through the T-Wolves because they're a mess. Um, I just read Coach Finch uh, said that the decision whether Rudy Gobert will pl- uh, will play on Tuesday will be an internal decision. Hmm. But they certainly don't condone that behavior. I don't know
1: how they'd play him, honestly. I don't know how you wouldn't get a, at least a game suspension for for doing that on the bench in a game. But maybe they suspend him next year. I don't know. Maybe they suspend him for a regular season game. It's interesting. Like in the NBA, if you throw a punch, you are out.
3: You are out. Does that con- does that constitute a punch? I mean, well, it's, it's him, a but punch, but I am just saying you punch your own guy.
1: Can I don't you, think. I don't think the go, rules count there. I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess we'll see. I I really have no idea. But uh, yeah, I am with you. I don't think the Lakers make it out of the first round. And but I, I heard a lot of national pundits picking them to win the West, and it's like I, I don't, I don't see it. So we'll see. They'll have to make it through the play-in though in order to have a chance at it. And uh, yeah. The King should wait to to crown himself until maybe he wins a little bit more. This year, of course.
3: Yeah. Double crown.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, Coach. It's that time of year. We want to say big thanks to uh, David Locke and Ron Boone for calling all of the action all season long. We really are so lucky to uh, work with both of those guys. They Obviously, Booner is a legend. Been doing it for years and years and years and uh, David Locke's just one of the best. Um, and awesome to to work with him and see him and, and uh, you know learn from David and watch how he does things. Truly a, a pro's pro. Thanks to all of our broadcast assistants who helped us here. They do a tremendous amount of work behind the scenes. Uh, thanks to Mike Smith. We talked to him in the pregame, but, boy, Mike coming by every pregame show was sure awesome this year, and we really appreciate his will, uh, willingness to do it and be a part of the radio broadcast. Uh, we want to thank Jamil Hawkins executive producer of the jazz broadcast. Jamil, we can't say enough about you. Um, Coming out, it's uh, his year one on the broadcast. Moved out here from Georgia. Um, You know, had some radio experience, some sports experience, media experience before getting here, but really thrown into the deep end. Uh, A lot of people don't know we moved studios this year, so there was a lot of technical stuff that changed and is new. And uh, Jamil was just God oh, man, I can't I can't compliment you enough on on how well you did with it man. Terrific uh, terrific work and it's been an absolute pleasure to get to know you. Thank you. Thank you for everything. And by the way, Jamil, perfect. 82 for 82 and the preseason games did not miss. He does not get sick, he does not get tired. He is not weary ever. And uh deserves a big thank you. So thank you, Jamil. I want to say thanks again to uh, Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the postgame show uh, once again this year. Uh, can't say enough about uh, the good folks at Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, Jeff Miller uh, and everybody down there are just terrific. The My Subaru is campaign features real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share, read some, share your own. MySubaruWiz.com. Coach Lacombe, I can't say enough about you, dude. I, I, I miss you. In these off seasons, I miss you when we have off days. You and I get a chance to spend so much time together and uh, me personally, I'm so fortunate for that time, but our listeners are, are so and jazz fans are just so lucky because man, you bring the insight, uh, the coaching's angle, but also the personality to it and uh, oh man, I, I look forward to coming in every game.
3: Uh, you're the best, man. I told I was just telling my wife last night that I said, I'm I'm excited that we're going to have some time, but I'm going to miss hanging out with Jake and Jamil, the two J's, uh, we have had a, a blast, and it's been us. Uh, I can't say that we, you and I did the full 82, which we knew going in wasn't going to be the case because we've got too much tread off the tires. Uh, but congrats on that, Cal Ripken, man of the year. And uh, But, you no, know, it's been
1: a pleasure and an honor working with you two guys. It's my favorite part of the gig. Jazz lose 128 to 117. The season comes to a close. The jazz finished this season, 37 and 45. Man, what a season it was. We want to thank everybody out there, especially, for listening all season long. You have been listening to Utah Jazz basketball.